no matter what happens, love your kiddo wherever. Unconditional. By all means, I'm not the perfect person in the world and, and never claim to be, but I know that I can give my kids love. I can support Jimmy and anything and everything that he inspires to do in life. As long as I can, I will. Parenthood is a state of nonstop learning and adapting. I love being my kid's mom more than anything. And it's a good thing I like a challenge because it is also the hardest thing I have ever done. Before I was a parent, I'd hear seasoned parents say things like, it's the hardest and best thing I've ever done. And I thought the reason it was hard was because of the sleep deprivation and running all over town with extracurriculars. <laughs> so wrong. Um, parenting is hard for so many reasons. Even when you've got a neurotypical cisgender kid with no mental health issues, it's still hard. Parenting a neurospicy, gender expansive kid is a whole other level of challenging. You're listening to Camp Wildheart, your guide for raising a transgender child and nurturing an affirming family. I'm your host slash head counselor, Mackenzie Dunham. Being a parent is hard because it shines a big bright light down on all of your own stuff. The lifetime of stuff that we have been pushing into the dark corners, sweeping under the rugs, whatever we can do to hide it from the world and ourselves. Short fuse? Have this child and become acutely aware of how short that fuse is and be forced to dive in and figure out why and how to make that fuse much, much longer. Struggle with perfectionism? Have this child and parent in public during a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store and you'll realize you actually have no control and you can't actually make a child do anything. As parents, no matter how much we love our child, our own stuff inevitably comes up. It creeps in and it gets in the way of us being able to show up for our kids the way that they need us to and in the ways that we want to. We can be resentful of this or we can see it for the gift of reflection that it is. Today's campfire guest is brave dad, David. I'm excited it's a dad in case you couldn't tell. David is the father of Jimmy, who is 17 at the time of this recording. David, his wife, and their whole family have been on this journey together now for six years, and they've experienced a lot of the growing pains that a lot of families feel when a child transitions. There's no one way to parent a child. David kindly shares with us the way that he, his wife, and their son Jimmy have written the playbook for their family, and some ways he's had to grow as a dad in the process. As a reminder, all stories shared by parents at Campfire are done so with the full consent of their child and identifying details are altered to whatever point a family requests in order to feel safe sharing their story. Dave, can you just tell me about like your family structure? Because it's not atypical, but it's also not typical. Right. Well, our family is uh, definitely unique in its own way. Yeah. Um, we have four children. Currently, their ages are... 21, 18, 17, and 13. Yeah. And they're all adopted. Mm -hmm. The first one and the last one came from a family member on my wife's side. And the middle two came from a family member on my side. 
our long-term situation was we couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. And we sought out surgery to prevent late in life surprises. <laughs> Good call. But that didn't work. <laughs> um, next thing we know, uh, God was putting these children in our hands one by one because they needed a home. They needed somebody to love them. And our family scene became Ohana. Mm-hmm. And just one right after another, it happened. And now they're a lot older. Uh, most of them are a lot less challenging than they were. Yes, they are. <laughs> and and um, and we love them all just as much as we did on day one. Yeah, I believe it. You and Cindy sure have been loving the heck out of those kids. And there's a lot of times when we say, what in the heck are we doing? <laughs> and be careful what you wish for. But I wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah. That's a really unique path to parenthood. But there's no way that anybody could ever say that your family is any less family than anybody else's family. You know what I mean? That's the true story right there. Yeah. I've never seen either one of you waver. Uh, We're good at hiding it. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait till we get to the car. No, No, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a a journey. It's been a rough journey. It's been an easy journey, a fun journey, a loving journey. Um, I remember the second child, the social worker from Washington State called me to talk to me before they would ever release her to us. And she wanted to make sure that I was okay with this and that it wasn't something that we were going to do and then be able to turn her back in if we didn't like it, you know, and the words that I used to her were for the long haul and we're going to take the good, the bad and just make it happen. And you have. And so Jimmy is the one we're going to talk mostly about today. And Jimmy is number three. Correct. Number three. Okay. So tell me um, who Jimmy is today. Jimmy is definitely a boy. (laughs) What else about Jimmy, though? Like, what does man, he like to do? <laughs> he likes to draw. He likes artwork. He likes video games. He likes his dog, our dog. Yes, he does love your dog. He likes his little car, and he likes having his driver's license. Sometimes he doesn't like getting out of bed. No, that's pretty typical. Yeah, and he has a great interest in his schoolwork that he does. He's, he likes to play his instruments. He likes to watch Jeopardy with his mom and his dad. Cute. And he, uh, he likes family. He does love his family. Yeah. yeah. He loves his family. Do you remember, I'm sure you can't forget, when Jimmy came out to you? Oh, Can yeah. Tell me what that was like, how it landed for you and Cindy. Well, I think he was in the sixth grade. Yeah, I think he was in sixth grade. And he came home from school and he said, I changed my name today at school. Well, that's funny. What, 
you change it to um, Johnny Rebel or somebody or what? Mm -hmm. No, no, Jimmy. I said, oh, okay, cool. You know, sixth grade. And as time went by, he was like, no, really, I did change my name. And then paperwork started coming home with his name on it. And, but when his report card showed up in the mail and it had Jimmy on there, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I called the school immediately and, and asked. And everybody at that school knows us because we had kids there before. And they're like, yeah. I said, well, who was going to call me and tell me or get my permission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, he changed his name. Was that hard for you that the school wasn't going to call and tell you? Yeah, it was because the the explanation that they gave was um, some children could be put in harm's way. So the school district doesn't require us to uh, notify the parents. And my thought was, well, you guys all know me, you know, my wife, you know, our family, and you know that our kids wouldn't be put in harm's way. Right. Could have called me. <laughs> and I got over it after I got off the phone. Okay. <laughs> but then I thought, okay, Jimmy. Okay. And 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 from that day on, I was like, Jimmy. And and I'm terrible with pronouns. I'm terrible. Because one day to the next, I could be thinking about what was six years ago. So my way out of it is. If it's dinner time, Jimmy, it's dinner time. If I'm talking to somebody in the living room and Jimmy's in the bedroom and they want to talk to Jimmy, I say, Jimmy, somebody wants to talk to you. I always use Jimmy is my favorite pronoun. Jimmy's your favorite pronoun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works. And I don't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I don't mess up. And it's Jimmy. But we thought it was a phase. Yeah. Really, we did. We really, we thought it was... Um, it was, it was against everything that we ever believed in, mm-hmm. really, or knew. Yeah. Yes, knew would be the, the, the proper terminology to use. And I was thinking about this on the way down here today, and it was like one of the questions, and it was like, um, what was it like for you? It was full of confusion. It was full of unknowing uncertainty. It was full of a lot of that stuff for us because we didn't know. We didn't have any idea what was, um, what this kid was thinking. And we weren't sure that he did either. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, so there, there lays the, the search for counseling that we got Jimmy into see a good counselor that this counselor would be able to stir him in the right direction. Uh, oh, boy, did she. Whoops. No, <laughs> no and, and along with some of his first counseling was parental involvement. And every time we ever left there, Cindy and I would look at each other and say, wow, I didn't realize that. There was something we would come away. We would have something to take away from the conversation or the session. And it was like the hard part for us also was 
Jimmy really wanted us to understand where he was coming from and where he was at. Mm-hmm. And we always, always came back with, yes, we realize we need to understand where you're at with this, but you're also need to understand where we're at with it. Mm-hmm. So we can work together and, and figure this out. And slowly, but surely it started coming around and it was like, wow. Um, the, the group session mm-hmm. when everybody was I packed everybody the, into that room uh, and all the parents were out in the lobby or out in the waiting room. Yes. Yeah. And that was, that was the most, that was one of the most amazing things because we had our own little group, our own little therapy. We were each other's therapists, mm-hmm. you know, and. And that turned into some uh, some lifelong friendships. Yeah, it really has. You know, and because up until that point, Cindy and I were going at this all by themselves. Yeah. Nobody else was going through what we were going through. Yeah, well, we were wrong. You felt yeah. so isolated. I remember that. I remember you yeah. both talking about feeling isolated, that you didn't know anybody else. And how hard it was to even wrap your head around like this being something that other people experience. And now it's like everywhere you turn and everywhere you look, there there was a couple families. um, My oldest child, a couple families that we were friends with that were going through the same thing Mm -hmm. with their kids or had gone through the same thing. So it was like, Oh wow. Her really? She's gone through this too. You know? So that made it a lot easier. Yeah. That common humanity piece, really realizing you're not alone in it, really makes it a lot easier. Do you remember what Jimmy's behavior was like before he transitioned? Oh, yeah. Can you just briefly, let's not embarrass him, but like. No, <laughs> it was, it was, um, it was self-degrading. I think yeah. it was the best way that I can explain that it was self-degrading there um we were talking about this the other day and he was like during that time he was like why why do i want to go on yeah you know if this is the way it's going to be why do i want to go on and you know as parents it's very concerning yeah absolutely you no know? um i have to say that and i don't know if we're at this point yet or not but um, as time went on and he gained more acceptance from his siblings were great. Mm-hmm. His siblings were great with, with uh, the whole transitioning from the whole sister brother thing to, you know, um, this is my brother. Mm-hmm. I, and Jimmy has a sibling that is 10 months and four days older than him. And she's from day one. You could hear her talking to her friends. Well, my brother said this, and my brother said that, and and it was like, you know. So, but as time went on, he um, he still had a lot of of stuff that he needed to deal with. But it got better as the more acceptance that he gained from the whole family. 
Yeah. When he turned 16, that year he had top surgery. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I think that it, uh, we were more worried about it than he was. Totally, 100%. I think that's true. Yeah. But he, uh, total shift in attitude and, mm-hmm. and total uh, self esteem building. Yeah. It, yeah. It was just a total, a, a, a totally, totally different kiddo. He went and joined theater. It was amazing. I was, he's like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, okay, go for it. (laughs) You know, but it's totally different. Totally. It made a a world of difference to his own self-esteem, you know, and he hated that situation from day one. Oh yeah. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. I remember the day that I took him at, um, eight o'clock at night and found a barber shop that was open and they cut all his hair off. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting back there thinking, Oh my gosh, what is he doing? You know? And, and, but there was a reason. Mm-hmm. There was a reason. Yeah. Do you remember, I'm just remembering like when I first met y'all and to one of the conversations that I first had with you and Cindy and when we talked about the prospect of like medical transition, I think that the two of you were more like, uh, it, there was a lot of hesitation for a while. Right. Um, and there was a lot of, we really want to make sure this isn't a phase. We really want to make sure this isn't a mental health issue. And then it was after you got connected with the other families that it seemed like things really started to shift for the two of you. But I remember early on, you were like, he can do whatever he wants when he turns 18. Right. And that was like, that was going to be the way it was. And then after the group, after we did that group and you met all these other parents, um, do you remember what it was and how you and Cindy went from 18 to let's do this? I think it was the, the feedback that we were getting from one, the group. And when we went through that, that, um, the Daring Greatly curriculum. Yeah. I think that we realized that everybody's their own snowflake, if you will, for lack of a better term. Everybody's their own person. And 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 you and I are different than than the next two people. And 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 if this is he was so headstrong and so convincing of the way it should be. And he did not waver. He was definitely in his own arena, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. and and ready to to take on the world mm-hmm. with some help from his friends and family. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still that way today. He, 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 there, there's nothing that he can't do without mm-hmm. a little help from his friends and family. So true. Um, so I think that I think that that was probably the the convincing the the spot where we went to the medium in the middle type of a thing. Yeah, and I remember Jimmy. Um, the I I don't know if I still have it, but I remember the the day Jimmy started testosterone. 
you are the one that sent me the picture of Jimmy in the nurse's office, like learning how to do the injections. There's another thing there that the this whole, you know, I, I still don't understand it all. Probably never will. But this this whole injection thing and the transformations that it has um, that has occurred is just like, oh my goodness! I took a picture of him the other day, sitting on the couch with his dog. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing to look at, at him. And, and I have a, a picture that we took in September, right after school started. And he was getting, he was all dressed up in a suit and getting ready to go to the first band concert of the year and facial hair and hair all combed back and everything and the bow tie on and the suit. And I was like, now there's there's a picture that mom and dad could be proud of right there. That's a good looking kid, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. and I I like I'm guilty of being a bragger. I like <laughs> to show people at work, you know, because mm-hmm. they're the, the there again back to the community. There's a lot of there's a lot of people everywhere you go. Yeah that are in your same situation. Mm-hmm. And, but I show them that this is my, my kiddo, Jimmy. And they know a little bit about the background and yeah. about the past. And they're like, wow, you know, that's a good looking kid. Mm-hmm. You know, was he 22? <laughs> he looks way older than 17. But, yeah. <laughs> But um, so yes, it's amazing the, the the transformation that that has occurred. Yeah, it really is. And how has your relationship with Jimmy changed through transition? I don't think it really. We're on a a more level playing field, if you will understanding each other mm-hmm. he he likes to come out and see what we're doing what are you doing come out when i say come out i mean out of his bedroom yeah and, and see what see what we're doing and see if there's anything that he can help with and if there is he'll go back to the bedroom no um i was working on his car here not too long ago and he came out and he goes hey maybe i can try this because i have smaller hands than you do and mm. Um, as far as the relationship, love is unconditional, Mackenzie. Oh, I know it. You know, and and as far as that goes, it's like you can be furiously mad at him, and still there's a place in your heart for him. Yeah. You know, there was a time where Jimmy would sort of like try and strong arm what he wanted. Right? He's incredibly stubborn, um, but he would like throw down and like, this is what I want. And I'm not saying he doesn't still do that to a certain extent, but not, it seems like he's much more cooperative and willing to engage in conversation and have like a dialogue about things. And he doesn't feel like he has to fight tooth and nail with you and his mom all the time. 
Right. Which for a while it felt like because he was having to like push so hard for transition, he was also pushing in every other aspect of his life. It just felt like it was bleeding into everything. Well, fine. I just won't go to school then. Yeah. You know, and my, and my kids are really good. All of them were really good at knowing where we stand mm-hmm. and where we believe and the things that we thought were important for them. And that's the buttons they would push. That's not a unusual thing for any kid, I don't believe. But uh, Jimmy doesn't do that. He doesn't do that anymore. Maybe yeah. once in a while he'll come out with something. Well, fine, then I'm just not going to go. Okay, stay home. Mm-hmm. No, I would say that our relationship is, is stronger now than it was uh, before. Yeah, I think so. With both you and his mom. Yes. Yeah. I know that there are a number of stories through Jimmy's transition that have caused for some moments to say it nicely. Um, I'm wondering if you would, if you have any that you're willing to share, do you have any stories to share that about transition or about any of the awkward moments that now y'all can just laugh at? You know, there are a number of them and, and I can't remember any of them. Really? Until they're brought up, I guess the, the probably um, the date and time of the top surgery and the recovery and the doctor's appointments with the plastic surgeon over there. And, and those people were awesome. Everything went, they couldn't have asked for a better event. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything went just as planned. And I guess for me, that was the first time that we were sitting in the, the doctor's office, or I was sitting in the doctor's office with Jimmy, and then he took his shirt off. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. But uh, I guess another one is my um, Jimmy's grandfather mm-hmm. was the very last one to, to find out. And I was the elected official to tell him. And they said it was because my voice is deeper and he's hard of hearing and he can hear me better, but I think that's hogwash. (laughs) Um, And I sat right there across the room from him and told him, and his response was, yeah, I know. You were no dummy. He goes, yeah, I know. Because there's that thing called Facebook and he has some coffee buddies that are on Facebook that are friends of ours also. Ah. And somebody questioned him about it one time, you know, but I, I guess that would probably be a, a funny story because now it was like, well, after I told him or after we had the conversation, it was like, well, I just need to know what to call him. Yeah. That's all he was worried about was what name is he going to go by? Because I don't want to offend him. Yeah. And that's been the way it was from that day on. And I remember the anxiety around for everybody yeah. around telling grandpa. I remember that. Right. And then everybody's just being like, Oh, okay. Yeah. He already knew. He already knew. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, David, do you have any advice for other parents who oh, are maybe mid journey or starting out on this journey? Um, hang on. It gets better. It mm-hmm. gets easier. And no matter what happens, love your kiddo. 
mm-hmm. forever. I mean, that, that, that just unconditional. That's, yeah. that's all. By all means, I'm not the perfect person in the world and, and never claim to be, but I know that I can give my kids love. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can um, support Jimmy and anything and everything that he inspires to do in life. As mm-hmm. long as I can, I will. That's great. But I guess the the unconditional love is is the best advice that I could give anybody because they were little kids. Now they're getting bigger, but they're still kids. Mm-hmm. They're still getting to be your kids, and that's a part of your job. You know, looking back, you said, "This is who he is. This is who he's been." Oh. There was times when he would dress in his older brother's Boy Scout uniforms. Yeah. And I thought they were just playing. Mm-hmm. And they probably were. But when they were five and six years old, Jimmy would get his haircut. Was a, the one child movie star, um, Emma Watson's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real short, real short mm-hmm. hair. Good. Real short. You guys had beautiful hair. What are you doing? Well, and that's what he would play it off as. It just don't want to be like her, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so looking back, you can see a lot of stuff. Kind of the pieces of the puzzle were there. We just weren't putting them together. Together. I have one other question for you that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. Okay. But you were talking about showing people at work, um, and I remembered a time that you went. I remember you telling me about a time that you were in a, a training at work. You had to do a training for um, how to, uh, it was really on like transgender people, like how to appropriately work with transgender people. Oh, yes. And my favorite thing about this, the story when you told me this was that people assumed that you would be on their side of like, this is ridiculous. This is like, I don't want to do this, you know, whatever. And you kind of had this this assumption people would sort of approach like isn't this just this crap we have to do and you were like no this is important and like you were the only one to get all the questions on the like quiz right you're the only one that you were like sort of like showed up and I think that they your colleagues had you pegged one way and you were like turns out I'm not that way this is the way it is mm-hmm. yes and I remember that and uh the training itself has been revamped uh, over and over, and it's much easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. I took notes. Good. And I took notes in order to go back and answer the questions. But the gender diversity in the workplace, maybe it's not number one priority, but it's right up there with, with the workplace that I'm in. All right, David. I've taken up enough of your time today. That it? That's it. I really appreciate you. I appreciate every, like every part of her. I appreciate you from like the day I met you when you were bringing Jimmy in. I remember you throwing toys at me in the lobby. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, when I would come out and you'd be like, whack. And I'd be like, yeah, why don't you hit me in the face? And you were like, you got to move faster. <laughs> You're always causing trouble. But yeah. when, I, when I wasn't asleep, when you weren't asleep, yeah, you'd often take naps a lot. It's true. But you always showed up. 
And I've always appreciated that about yourself. Well, that's what you, that's what parents are supposed to do, right? They're supposed to show up. One other thing that a bit of advice that I can give to people that are just starting in on this journey, mm -hmm. get involved and stay involved. Yeah. Because if your kiddo doesn't see you involved, they're not going to want you to be involved. If they see you take an interest in what they're doing, then they'll, they'll invite you to come right alongside them. Yeah. And that's what this whole process is, right? Like it's an invitation to know your child better. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, David. I'm so grateful to David for sharing his story of how he and his family grew and how their relationship with their son ultimately deepened through transition. They continue to forge their path, keeping their family principle of Ohana in mind. I hope that what you're taking from our time together today is that it's normal for this to be bumpy. Every family does things different, and the best way forward for your family is the way that works for you and keeps your child healthy and happy. It's important for you and your child to work together to determine what the playbook for support looks like. It's likely not going to look like that of other parents. What's most important is that it ensures that your child feels safe, loved, and affirmed. I just want to remind you, the Camp Wildheart is meant to be a community. And if there's anything we can do to support you in supporting your child, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram as wild.heart.society, or you can join our private Facebook group, Camp Wildheart Community. Or you can send us an email at camp at wildheartsociety.org. Thanks again to David for sharing his story. And thanks again to you for joining us for Campfire. Be sure to subscribe for free to the podcast so you don't miss future campfires. And give us a rating. Rating the podcast helps other people find us. And we want to make sure that anyone who needs one knows there's a bunk for them at Camp Wildheart. <laughs>